aka the real chip skylark himself yes, sir. aka the real martin lawrence himself Stop hey hey me. listen to him mike larry listen to him <laughs> Listen to me. Now I want to introduce my co-host. Come on, tell me who you are. Hey, you already know who it is. It's Joshy. It's Washy. We mm. wishy washy in here. Yes, SOS sir. Radio. <laughs> yes, sir. You see the screen. You see the screen. We're back at it again. You know the Hangout Ep Two. Ep um, Two. Ep Two. So uh, first thing I want to start off. Well, before we even start off, you know how you been, man? It's been like what two weeks since we recorded the last one. Uh, uh yeah. I mean, I was wasn't I here like two days ago? Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, 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 I've been good. I've been, I've been good, though. I've been good, man. Uh, you know, it's fucking... It's, we're about to go on another lockdown, bro. That's, yeah, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, uh, so I've been okay, but, like, shit, bro. This this COVID life is something different. It's Nah, it's definitely weird because, like, you know, as upcoming artists and stuff like that, like, it's really hard, you know, to link up with other artists and, like, I guess work um and you know and try to create new ideas when it comes to just the virtual aspect you know like yeah yeah for especially sure. for myself because you know i'm not just a music artist like i do photography i'm a photographer you know mm. etc so like artist yeah <laughs> artist no seriously <laughs> artist in general so like it's kind of hard for me to like meet up with people like facts no it's um it's because like you know everybody's got their own schedule now and it's it's hard that Especially because, you know, when I came back home, you know, after graduating, I was just like, oh, I'm going to be linking up with everybody, you know, I'm going to be seeing old friends and shit. And then, you know, COVID hits and it's like, is it bad if I hit up people to hang out? Like, <laughs> no, am I like, am I, <laughs> am, am I part of the problem? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, am I a bad person if I hit up this person? Like, yo, I haven't seen you in a while. Like, am I inconsiderate? In- inconsiderate? You know what I mean? Like, no, I, I feel you. Not like, are they going to text me back like, how dare you? I have a grandmother <laughs> that has respiratory problems. Like, damn. Oh, shit. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I really feel that. Yeah, but, but it's, you know, it's it's dangerous out here. You got to be careful. No, so. but going off of COVID and the pandemic, which is great because it's like uh, leading into our first topic, uh, the home studio versus professional studio. Yeah. So, I mean, as you know, nowadays everybody's making a home studio now. Seriously, seriously. Yeah. So as you know, like uh, as a sound engineer, like I interned as a sound engineer for two different studios. Yes, sir. Which uh, was an amazing experience that I got to do last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I've been trying to build up a little bit of my own home studio because I kind of understand of some of the lessons I was taught in yeah. a professional studio, which makes me wonder. Is a professional studio worth it? Like, you know, we go to professional studios, they're Facts. $50 an hour, $40 an hour, a minimum of two. You're spending like 100 to like $200 mm-hmm. for just like a two to four hour session to record maybe one to two <clears throat> songs. Like, what's your take on that? So I think, um, well, to be fair, I have not stepped into like, I think what you would call a professional studio. Like... I have not been like I've been to a studio with a booth right, right, right. with with you know good great equipment but I don't think I um have stepped into that place that can be considered a professional studio which was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you since you've been in that Definitely. space what constitutes a professional studio like I think we we should break that down okay um um when it comes to a professional studio especially the difference between a home studio is sound treatment that is right. the biggest thing like you know besides the equipment structuring a room and making sure that everything is bouncing off walls properly and everything mm-hmm. is treated 
is a huge difference. In my opinion, I think that's what can uh, change you from sounding amateur to a professional. To be honest with Just you, locking space. down the sound, the space, yes, definitely like the, the space. architecture of that shit. Like really, seriously, the walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It costs like I know a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are an art. Architect, your major. Congratulations on graduating. Seriously. Yes, sir. Thanks. But um, yeah, like in a professional studio, like it's not just foam on a wall. That's that's like a big yeah, misconception. Yeah, yeah. They actually have soundproofing behind the wall itself when building the room. Right. Then they'll put the treatment after that. So it's treatment before and after the wall. Sure. So that's something super super big, uh, that can really change. And on top of that, mixing as a sound engineer, when you have a properly treated room, you're hearing the proper frequencies that you need to hear. Like in hmm. a home studio, uh, let's say that's not treated. You know, we have so many different sounds that are bouncing off. We have the echo, and the echo can be uh, a problem as well. Let's say I'm mixing, like, uh, an equalizer. And I'm trying to, like, right. not go too in detail for, you know, some of the listeners that may not understand right, like, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah, in yeah. the engineering world. But, that's like, crazy. an equalizer, basically, like, you're trying to bring up the nice frequencies that sound in your voice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Bring Take out some lows, bring up some highs, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in a home studio, you listening back on your professional speakers, studio monitors, right. like, and you hear an echo, you can think that's a bad frequency and you're trying to take that out, but that's just your treatment and it's just an echo from your room. Mm-hmm. While in a professional studio, you're actually hearing what is sounding bad and popping through right. for that mix. Right. So like, that's a big thing and I think that's, that's the only thing that's really, really worth the money besides the equipment. Because at the end of the day, the equipment isn't really that big of a difference. I was That was going to lead into my uh, my other question was, um, you know, is it more important to have great equipment or just a great engineer? Because... Uh, great engineer, definitely, far, definitely. Right? Yeah, that's um, my, that was my my take on it. No, like you can have the best equipment in the world, bro, but if you don't know what you're doing, and a lot of people say that, and you can say that's corny, because you know everyone hears that, but they want to hear like the real secrets behind the music industry, right? Right, 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 right. But no, at the end of the day, bro, you definitely need a better engineer than better equipment, because right. there's quite a few songs that you would think were really uh, solid hearing experience like you ever listened to so far gone by drake mm-hmm. of course <laughs> yeah classic right of majority course. of that project was recorded in a hotel that that was another thing i was gonna say was like a lot of bangers a lot of classic songs were not recorded like in a professional setting right like a lot of rappers nowadays have a home studio yeah they have a setup where and that's another thing i was gonna say was like you don't need a professional studio to pop. You don't to make a great song. You don't. I mean, you don't. Juice World, R.I.P. Fucking uh, All Girls Are the Same, Lucid Dreams. Pretty sure that was in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, like what's her name? Billie Eilish recorded majority of her songs <laughs> in her bedroom with her uh, brother recording. Exactly. And she literally sat crisscross applesauce on her bed. And recorded her vocals. Truth, like that's what I'm saying. It's like you can do this shit anywhere now. Like you, I feel like some artists may be, you know, cloud in their brain or like, oh, you know, I can't get this sound I want, but because I need to go to like this professional place, I need to get this done like this. But like, I feel like especially during times like these where people have a lot of time on their hands, like you got to invest in yourself. You know what I mean? Like learn the shit dive into it especially with tools we have now the internet like you can learn shit so 
quick, like so quick. Seriously. Um, Um, Going back to Drake with the So Far Gone. Yeah. They used, um, and this is a really uh, great trick. So any, you know, up and coming artist that's listening right now, I'm serious. Take this advice. They use moving blankets to lock down their sound in the hotel. They didn't Hmm. like use any foam or anything like that. They just hung up moving blankets around the room to lock down their sound. Like the heavy blanket mm-hmm. drones they be yep. using? Oh, shit. Yep. It, it works. Nah, it does nah, work. That does make sense. We were uh, um, watching that video, the the sound uh, video for like podcasts, and they were using uh, blankets like that. Yeah, nah. Um, it, it's a great alternative, to yeah. be honest with you. But I do believe overall the engineer is way more important than the equipment. Now, True. there are some equipment that I'm going to say that you're going to need. I'm not going to say that, you know, you can just use shit gear. Like, Oh, of course. Yeah, you you're know. not, you're not, you know, you're not passing it with a fucking Guitar Hero mic and exactly like audacity. Exactly. You exactly. know, like that's not going to. Not not saying that there haven't been artists that did that. Like X, you know, X is X and Tacion. Like True. when Look At Me, he recorded off a of Blue Snowball. That was the first ever microphone I had, if you remember. Yeah. I used yeah, to be yeah. streaming. Yeah. He recorded off a of Blue Snowball. He used a, a sock. For a pop filter, yep, and he recorded that. But at the same time, if you listen to that song now, it's hard, but it's a lot of distortion and a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, for sure. It was a a sound, but it wasn't a professional sound like what you hear off of his studio albums that are released to this day. Yeah, but that shit worked for him. At it that worked. Time, you know, like the sound. The but that was also the, the DIY style that we talked about last podcast. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like so. You know, I would say you just need to get the bare minimum. If you're an up-and-coming artist, in my opinion, what I recommend for you to get uh, equipment-wise would be probably a Rode NT1 like or NT1A mm-hmm. microphone. You know, it's an XLR microphone. XLR is the cables that you connect with the microphone. Do not get a USB microphone. Trust yeah, me, yeah. It, it doesn't transfer well when it comes to audio. Um, get like a solid audio interface. An audio interface is basically the heart of your studio. So you're going to be connecting everything into your audio interface, and that's basically going to take all the audio from real life into your computer. It just breaks it down. It It processes it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I want to record vocals, if I want to on a microphone, if I want to record a guitar uh, riff or solo, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to plug these these pieces of equipment in. And generally, and put it in the interface. Yeah, generally, it'll just control the gain, the output. Right. Um, so if you're just starting off, get a Rode NT1. I would say for a microphone, get like a Focusrite 2i2 for an audio interface. Um, I would get for headphones, maybe an Audio Technica ATH M50Xs. Mm-hmm. And these are all pieces of equipment that aren't expensive, it's, to be honest. It's with affordable. You. A lot of it is affordable. Very affordable. Very I affordable. Mean, uh, you know, in, in my case, I literally bought a, a Focusrite bundle. Yeah. Like, you can buy this shit just in a bundle just to start off at. And granted, I'm way past due for an upgrade. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you really can just buy it like that. Like it, you can ha- And it's so easy to set up, especially, you know, uh, I, I do everything on my Mac, you know, and it, it's so quick. It's so easy. You know, you just plug it in and it works, you know. Um and you just got to experiment, you know, like you just got to dive in it and, you know, don't don't be intimidated by like, 
the, the, what you're hearing now or, or right, oh, right, I don't right. sound that good. Like, right. you, you're going to get better. Like, no. I said in the last podcast, like, you know, you're going to be bad at first, but you just got to right. keep on now, doing that shit. Two things I'm going to say about experimenting. Right. First part of experimenting is, like you're saying, diving into it. Yeah. This is my mindset. And I started off as just an artist who wanted to rap and even though you've been hearing me sing recently, but I also wanted to sing. R&B right? guy. R&B guy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but I started learning how to become a sound engineer. I made my major in college of sound engineering, and I interned at professional studios, and I have worked with some professional artists. But the only reason why I wanted to be a sound engineer, or at least learn it, is so I understand what I want in my own creative process. That right, was yeah, my motivation. Sure. Yeah. You know, because let's be real. Why the hell would I go and spend $50, $60 an hour at a professional studio and I can't even tell the engineer what I want? Truth. No, that's, that's facts. I mean, because at the end of the day, the engineer probably doesn't care for your music. He doesn't. I he's actually just, worked in a studio. I did not care. <laughs> right. Like, he's just doing his damn job. So, like... You have to actually take the time to understand the things that he was doing to your vocal, how he changed your vocal, and how you would actually want to sound. Because every artist has that sound in their head. You know what I mean? Right. If you're an artist, you know what you want to sound like. So you need to learn how to make yourself sound the way you want to sound. Um, and I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy, but for the most part, it's, it's not, not that challenging. hard. It's not challenging. A lot of these... You know, professional studios or uh, audio engineers that work in these studios probably do a lot of the bare minimum. You know, they, they probably just go through a checklist of things that they do to vocals. Like, okay, are these lows too much? Are these highs too much? Do boom, I boom, drop boom, the boom. secret sauce? Do I drop the secret sauce? Listen, I mean, I don't know who's listening, but why not? Right, why right, not? Right, We're here right. to help, right? Like, I'm going to sprinkle a little For bit. the youth? All right, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit. For right? the youth? For the youth. <laughs> For the youth. When you're mixing your own song, right, there are definitely checklists. Yeah. Usually you start off with an, one EQ to mm -hmm. take out some bad frequencies, take out some lows, take out some highs, right? After that, you use something called a compressor. Now, everything I'm saying is considered plugins when you're on Fruity Loops, when you're on yep. Logic Pro, when you're on all these DAWs. That stands for Digital Audio Workstation. That's what yep. mm -hmm. the software that you use to record your music, guys. That's what they use in the studio. That's what they use for everything, okay? Mm -hmm. So after your, your EQ, which stands for equalizer, you would use a compressor. A compressor, and here's something that you guys may not know. Every plugin is actually based off of real hardware, real pieces of equipment that you can touch yeah. back in the day. It's just hardware turned into software. Hardware turned into it's software. It's all digital now. Boom. Use a compressor because you want to like bring up compressors, add a little bit of color and saturation mm -hmm. to your vocals while also making your vocals more present and a little bit louder. After that, you can use another compressor if you like, you know, to add a little bit more saturation, but a different compressor. Mm -hmm. You use a de-esser because when you're speaking through a microphone, your S's, your P's, and your B's, when you're not using a pop filter, for some reason create an explosion. So that's why it mm -hmm. doesn't translate in a microphone properly. So you use a de-esser to get that out. Mm -hmm. And the last thing you can do is an EQ to boost anything that you like at that point. After that, anything after that is literally uh, 
personal preference mm-hmm. like adding reverb and delay how much you want you know if you want to sound like travis scott you know you might throw a little bit of auto-tune at the end mm-hmm. after that last eq and then you might throw some reverb and a little bit of delay and maybe even like like a guitar pedal style plug-in to add a little bit of distortion but that's the basics yeah i mean once you have the bass it's literally personal preference it's literally how you want it to sound and um you know for me honestly in my case I'm still using stock plugins. Like I, they work. They work. Like Logic stock plugins, because I'm a, you know, I use Logic Pro. Um, Logic stock plugins, a lot of them are are really good. You know, like they they really work in what they're supposed to do. Now, I will say, there are some plugins <laughs> stock that just are kind of shitty. Like Logic's deesser is ass, but <laughs> does <laughs> but like <laughs> garbage. You know. Um, there are a lot of things you can do with stock plugins. Like you don't have to buy all this extra stuff. And I feel like that scares a lot of people where they, they might have just purchased a doll and then they go on YouTube and say like, okay, how do I do all this? And they see all these people using these different p- plugins like fab filter or, I love or yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like they're, they're seeing all these different things and it's like, hold on, my program doesn't look like this and I don't want to spend another hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars. And it's hard to place. learn from it too. When something looks different, oh. if you don't know how to use an EQ, yeah, if you I'm don't a, know how to use that, like you're like, what are you even doing facts. at that point? I'm a super visual learner. Like when I first started out, I specifically looked up videos and walkthroughs that were with stock plugins because if I looked up a okay how to EQ blah 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 and they were coming up with all these random plugins that I didn't have how am I supposed to like I didn't know what I was doing you know I was right. just starting out how do like, I translate that right how do I translate this when my shit don't look the same you know it's it's and that scares a lot of people but another secret sauce that I learned uh, especially from uh, my mentor mm-hmm. at the last studio I worked with um yeah so i gave you that normal like chain of like what plugins to use kind of in order the checklist yeah the checklist but once you get to a level where you understand how to use those plugins in and out you don't have to use the checklist it actually starts to become personal preference and taste and i feel like a lot of it goes by ear yeah like you build your ear up you start to listen to tracks listen to recordings and you know exactly what to do like, like frank ocean only uses like maybe three plugins four plugins i mean that nigga voice is like angelic yeah so. no, it is but like <laughs> that nigga voice is different so no, like. it is but at the end of the day like you start to realize that you can approach every single thing as a personal taste now i yeah. don't use stock plugins really anymore but the biggest reason is i work not even <laughs> like it's because i worked in the studio i already owned some of the the popular third-party plugins and Facts, yeah. at the studio they use all those like they yeah. have everything yeah, yeah, you know yeah. at your disposal and there are benefits that i prefer for some of the uh third party plugins the popular mm-hmm. plugins but i don't use let's say fab filter pro q3 that's the most used equalizer the most used eq throughout yeah. the entire music uh industry right on every almost on every doll but here's the thing i don't use it because i think it's the best each plugin also has its own sound slash color so true if i like with fab filter it has a very neutral tone if i want to just take out eqs and make sure everything sounds solid before i start mixing it Mm -hmm. i'm gonna use fab filter but let's say i'm at the end of my chain the checklist Mm -hmm. and i want to add more color because i feel like 
my vocal is still sounds a little boring. Right. I'm not gonna use Fab Filter. I'm just gonna use a different EQ. I'll use like maybe Waves R EQ six or mm. something different, or maybe even a stock plugin because stock plugins have more color than Fab. These plugins aren't just used because they're the best in the industry and they cost three hundred, four hundred dollars. It's a way they. It's the way they process the sound. Exactly, it's the it's, way they process the sound. You know, it's. And as an engineer that worked in a studio, and I feel like I keep saying that so much, I, I also would switch what plugin bundles I would use. Mm-hmm. Some months I would use like all waves. Other months I would use like uh, Slate, if mm-hmm. you know what Slate digital sound is. Like right. I would literally just change based off of my preference and what I was liking to mix during right. that time period. Right. Um, now, since you've worked in that professional setting, I'm guessing uh, as a team, maybe, you know, with around other audio engineers, um, do you prefer, now this goes for, I mean, mixing, recording, anything. Do you prefer to work by yourself or in a team? (sighs) Am I mixing someone else's vocals or my own vocals? That's the big difference. uh, Let's say, let's say you're, you're embarking on making a song. Would you rather make a song with a team there to help you or just your own ear? Most of the time, I'd rather have a team. The reason why is because you can can listen and you can mix your own vocals, Mm -hmm. but especially when it comes to your own song, it's better to hear someone else's ear because they're going to hear something that you're not hearing because you have a subconscious when you're making your own song. And even if you love your own voice and you're comfortable, and that's a big thing, you have to get comfortable with recording and hearing your own yeah, voice. you do. But even if you're comfortable, you're still going to do some wrong adjustments because it's your own vocal. Mm-hmm. It's actually better for you to get mixed by someone else in the long run because mm-hmm. they're going to push the song and edit it how right. it needs to be sound while you could understand how to do that but you're going to change it because it's your own vocal. Now, you don't have to have a team the entire time, but something that's really nice is I'll mix the song, I'll have an idea of where I want to go, mm-hmm. and then I'll show some of the other engineers at the studio. Right. Like, hey, how does this sound? What would you change differently? Hmm. And that's really great. And the biggest thing actually is um, when you're working on a project, you're never just the only engineer touching it, actually. Right. No matter what it is, even right. though you're the one getting paid for it, it's a really close knit environment in a studio, mm-hmm. and you're already showing everyone else that works there. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if, let's say, I work on the same shift as you, right? And I'm just like trying to like knock out this uh, one project that like I'm working with a band or sure. just uh, a rapper. I'm gonna show you since you're already in the studio. I'm like, hey, this is what I did so far. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You're always working with the team. Yeah, I mean, more heads better than one, right? More heads are better than one, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You think Drake is just working on a song with just 40? <laughs> Hell no. That nigga got a sweatshop of niggas in there. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> he got he, a whole fucking there's an entire team. assembly line of writers, producers. Now, when it comes mixing. to like recording, he's probably by himself with 40. But probably, when it comes yeah. to trying to create that final product, it's a team. There's a team. Team effort. There's a for team. Sure. And it's yeah. not just Drake. Jay-Z, Kanye West, they all, all oh, yeah. professional all. artists have a team that they're going through. Of course. And professional artists also just help other professional artists. I exactly. Mean, exactly. There's so many songs Kanye wrote, so many songs Jay-Z wrote, so many songs Drake wrote that weren't their songs. You know, it's it's 
when you get to that level, I feel like it's all a team effort, you know? It is. Um, uh, and it's, Cheers. Cheers. To teams, huh? That's what SOS is. Uh, yeah, the sponsor for today, not a real sponsor, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is Fedka. Fedka mango All natural pineapple. mango pineapple, mango flavored vodka with pineapple plus tropical flavors. It was distilled five times. Wow. Made with imported Swedish vodka. 70 proof. Yes, sir. Wow. Now, when it comes to Svetka, man, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Big uh, I've had some time piece of liquor that I had in college a lot of times, you know? Same. And I don't know, like, solid when it comes to the price. And, of course, like, you could say there's a lot of different, like, uh, pieces of liquor. Dang, is this going to turn into an alcohol <laughs> podcast? Should we just say fuck music and just, <laughs> and just turn this, music. Turn this into a back liquor, liquor podcast? This, <laughs> fuck SOS Radio. This is, this, is, this is Fedka Hour. Welcome to the alcohol <laughs> podcast. Jim. Nah, nah, but nah, nah, one thing nah. I can't say, out of all the Fedka uh, vodkas I've tried, the mango pineapple actually is the best, in my opinion. But I'm biased. Mango Ooh, and pineapple are my favorite. They got a, they got a strawberry time. lemonade, John, that goes kind of crazy, though. It go kind of crazy, but like. <laughs> that mango pineapple does hit. I'm that's not going to lie. That's what I'm saying. The mango pineapple do hit. You mix that with a little pineapple juice and you're golden, bro. Solid. 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 Or like some Tempico. Yeah, the Tempico, bro. He's on it. He's hit. Come on. <laughs> We're giving you guys the real sauce here. Fuck the music. You got Tempico you know. with mango pineapples Fedka? Come on. Take some of this, bro. You're going to be writing like Wayne. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Um, So, we got to get back on topic. <laughs> nah, so, we talked about the professional studio and we talked about the home studio. I feel like we talked so much about the professional studio. Let's bring back to the home aspect. Right now, right, right. the home aspect. Of course, we gave you some of the equipment earlier mm-hmm. that you can, you know, uh, cop for yourself. Definitely get monitors. Can, big thing. Yo, okay. So what he Internet. means by monitors, not actual uh, TVs or displays. Right. A right, studio right. monitor is just another name for professional speakers. Mm-hmm. Now, that's what we have. If you're watching through the video, a lot of people get these. The Rocket. Yeah, KRK Rocket Rockets. Five. Yeah, so those yeah. fives, five stands for like five inches. They're mm-hmm. uh, they are five inches tall. Yep. Right? Now, um, in my opinion, if you're getting studio monitors, also known as professional speakers, once again, mm-hmm. you can't go wrong with the KRK Rockets. Yeah. They're, those are solid. They, they just sound clean. I'll get the JBLs. JBLs are really people, good, too. A lot of people get JBLs. I've seen those. Solid. But if you can <clears throat> afford a little bit more, I would get the Yamaha HS5s. I'm not even hit. I use that... I use a lot of expensive um, studio monitors in the studio, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, bro, we always had Yamaha HSs. Mm. We always had them, and the reason why is because they have a neutral sound. So True. you want something right. that has the most neutral sound as possible, so you can edit. You know, when I say mix, I mean edit. So you can mix your vocals uh, to the most proper tone, so you know mm. what needs to come up, what needs to come down. With KRK Rockets, awesome, but with them, they're a little bit more bass heavy. Mm. So even, and this doesn't even stem to just mixing your vocals. Even when you're producing and you're making your own beat, you can think that your 808s and your kicks are like popping through that mix, like boom, boom, going crazy, right? Right, right? But with KRKs, they naturally give you a little bit more bass. So you like how it sounds until you could listen through your car speakers or your phone and you're like, mm. man, I feel like my 808s not... It's heavy, yeah, right. and it's, it's hitting as hard as when I was listening through my studio monitors. Right. 
And JBLs, they have a certain type of sound that, you know, they benefit from. While Yamahas, they're very neutral. Like, mm-hmm. whatever you listen through through the Yamahas, it's That's what straight it's up what's going to sound like. Right. Exactly. So those are awesome. <clears throat> and, of course, there's way more expensive, like, pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. But if you're starting off, there's no reason to spend that equipment. You need to learn yeah. how to work with it first before you start upgrading to something that's going to be crazy. And I think that's one – that's definitely one of the pros for signing up for time at a, at a professional studio. They're probably going to have that higher-up professional equipment. 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah. um, you know, and – that's probably one of the biggest reasons why you would go to a professional studio in the first place is just because they're going to have you recording with the equipment and hearing your sound with the equipment that's going to make you sound the best, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that you can't build your home studio up to have that, that sort of quality, though. You just got to have a little bit of that bread, you know? Um, and it's gradual. I mean, it's not all at one time. You know, like you build, like I, like I said, you build a home studio up. It's, it's not like you're dropping all this money at one time. It's, it's. I think it's a gradual thing, at least for most artists. I know for me, you know, it's gradual. But another great thing is if you can find a way to intern as a sound engineer at a studio, the lessons you can learn is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. For don't sure. get me wrong. Um, you know, there's so many YouTube videos out there that you can learn a lot from, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you can't. But for me personally, I need to have physical and visual aspects in front of me that's how i learn the best because with a youtube video i can watch it and i can be like all right that's cool but if i have someone that's physically in front of me like hands ask on. questions hands on. i need that hands on yeah and i mean nothing beats that mentorship type seriously teaching, for sure one thing that really uh changed uh me personally mm-hmm. and uh i guess made me have a better listening ear Right. Um, is my mentor, which is the guy who owned the studio, mm. he started to show me like different sounds and microphones. Mm-hmm. And regardless of how you mix, I can tell you what microphone you use Damn. off of a song. It's like the, that's the golden ear type shit. Huh? <laughs> nah, seriously. Like for example, Tory Lanez, mm. he uses a Newman U eighty seven. You just know that because you listen to his songs. Yeah, because I like how sharp it Jeez. it pops through. The mix, uh-huh. how his highs come out. Right, it can only it's be got to be that mic. U eighty seven. Damn, I see my. I ain't got an ear like that. Nah, I don't know about all that shit. But, but I mean that that's the benefits of going to a studio like that and mentoring, you know, uh, or being a mentee actually. Um, Even another one, Drake. So far gone. He used a Newman TLM one hundred two. So they both use a Newman. Yeah. Hey, so Newman's are very Tory popular Lane's, microphone. Tory Lanez bit his sound and his mic? That's crazy. Nah, Newman U87 <laughs> costs a thousand times more than a TLM-102. You can get a TLM-102 for like 900 bucks, 800 bucks. A Newman U87 is like $2,000, $3,000. $2,000. Yeah, yeah. For a mic. Mm-hmm. I and mean, they got that money for it, obviously. Yeah, but Michael geez. Jackson, he used a Shure SM7. This is, That was the older version of this microphone that I'm using right now on the podcast. Oh, wow. So all of Thriller, he recorded with a Shure SM7. Now they don't use the same exact microphone. It must be a legendary mic. Time. It actually is. That's the I think the Shure SM7. Why the Shure SM7B? Because that's the newest version of the SM7. Mm-hmm. Became so popular probably because of Michael Jackson. Is that your favorite mic? Yeah, it is actually. But I will say that we can talk microphones all day. I can tell you what your favorite artist. 
uses as a microphone, right? Right, right. But that doesn't mean anything because you may not sound good through that microphone. You need to find oh, out what microphone that, uh, uh, complements your voice. Okay, gotcha. But you also need that engineer to. You do. You know, hand in hand. It's hand in hand. Hand in hand. Right? Now, one thing I can say is. My favorite microphone of all time, as of right now, is that Shure SM7B. Mm. I use it for just about every song now. Mm. A Love Language, my right. project that I just dropped about a month ago. Yeah. Damn, it's been a month. But um. Yeah, we need we need some new shit soon. No, trust me. Especially me. New things coming home. New things coming soon. But um, I use that mic for the entire project. Mm. And I like it. I think it sounds really <coughs> solid when it comes to my singing vocals, especially when I sing at a higher pitch. And I think that this microphone benefits female vocalists and mm. higher pitch vocalists, but I do rather wish I use a compressor like a new Newman TLM 102 or a 103 hmm. for my vocals. And I really like Tory Lanez's mic, which I said earlier, the Newman U87, mm-hmm. because at the studio, we own all these microphones. So I got to try them out hands on. That U87 is ugh. clean clean <laughs> it's just clean. clean and i feel that you need to just realize how your voice sounds and what works with it so hmm. my next cop is going to be a tlm 102 that's that's the how plan much that go for about eight nine mm-hmm. right that's going right. to be the next cop um <clears throat> just for more of my rap vocals feel to that. be honest with you because when it comes to a compressor microphone and that's something that you guys don't even know so the microphone i'm using right now is a dynamic microphone Mm-hmm. The microphone that Washi is using is a compressor. The difference between those is a dynamic microphone actually needs a uh, preamp, a preamplifier to work. It needs uh, a certain type of power to actually hear said vocals, right? Mm-hmm. Now, dynamic microphones usually pick up way more sound um, overall. Hence a- the name dynamic. Dynamic, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, if you're going to be, not saying that you can't, be a super powerful singer and not use a compressor you can mm-hmm. but generally speaking a lot of powerful singers like michael jackson bruno mars so they need a dynamic they need mic- a dynamic microphone yeah. definitely because um if you actually sing a little too strong in a compressor you could actually damage your phone or uh, damage your microphone mm-hmm. now a compressor microphone doesn't need a preamp and it can use phantom power and compressor microphones sound really solid when it comes to rap vocals and stuff like that. These are just the general terms. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to use a compressor microphone for rap, and you don't have to use a dynamic just mm-hmm. for singing. But these are just the uh, the nuances. Right. For right. It. Right. It's like the usuals. You know. Yeah. The usual. The general the ideas of them. Yeah. Now, when it comes to that compressor. I do think that my voice sounds a little bit better actually off of compressor than a dynamic. I, and I'm saying all this because I understand what you guys are thinking right now. You're thinking, man, Michael Jackson used that Shure SM7B. I want that Shure SM7B. That's right. 100% why I bought this microphone. I wanted to be like my favorite artist. Facts. Yeah, and I like this microphone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I like this microphone. But then I started to realize, like, damn, maybe my voice sounds a little bit more solid off a compressor. Mm-hmm. I'm spending the money. And going through these trials and wasting my money so you guys don't have to. <laughs> you got to thank the man for that. He's, he's, Straight up, bro. He's spending the money and he's taking the time just to tell y'all not to do it. A hundred percent. But I was going to ask you, since we were talking about home and professional studios, uh, you talked about a love language. Um, yes, yes. The R&B project. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How'd you uh, feel about it? 
it was it was nice. You know, I I think, um, you know, coming off of your uh, other songs, other singles, um, gr- big improvement. Thank um, you, thank you. You know, I think you're you're finding yourself. You're finding that that sound you want to put out, and uh, I think you're finding the sound selections a lot easier now. You're finding those beats. You're finding those sounds that you want to actually put out, and um, I think it's a step in the right direction. You know what I mean? Um, Thank you. But I was gonna say, where did you record that? Where did you record a majority of that? Was it a home studio? Was it a professional studio? Um, All right. So y'all heard the project. Yes, sir. Did it sound solid to you? I would say uh, majority of the songs were were pretty good. I mean, mixing wise. Yeah, I think a lot of them were all right. Some of them maybe a little <laughs> undercooked, uh, you know, especially the drone I was on. I know we did that in like a couple of days, and we sh- we were probably should have went back on it, but hey. All right, ready? This is what it is. The entire project was recorded at home studio. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's Drop it. the fucking mic. That's it. All home studio. All home studio. <laughs> Y'all niggas love the song Wait On Me, home studio, in my bedroom. Boom. Drop the mic again. That's That's how it should be, though. Like that's that's really how it should be. You can get that quality in a home studio. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. You, you heard, heard it here, Svetka. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's but that's amazing. Like that's it's that's what you can do with uh <laughs> That's what you can do. <laughs> that's what you can do uh with a home studio. Um so <laughs> I'm sorry, we laughing right now because this fucking camera just shut off. Um It died. The camera fucking died. That's crazy. Uh <laughs> Sadness. So we, we wanted to get this on video. You know, we wanted to start uploading to YouTube and things like that. IGTV, um, so we could give you guys a visual. I actually um, folded my, my backup batteries are with my uh producer. I actually <laughs> left it there. So you had backup batteries and you I, didn't I bring. did I have two backup batteries. That's crazy. You you should get written up for this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. So we were we were gonna give a a visual aspect, but I, I mean now, I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, I'm sorry. we might just it might just be like a short. Yeah, we can still give it to you. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who we knows? Who knows? Um, now, um, there are some songs that I did record in a professional studio, on a love language, or no, just not in general. Love language, in, in general, general. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to my cries. Professional studio. Okay, yeah, I remember that song. Really solid. Um, that was uh, the studio up in Bloomfield? Yes, yes, the studio up in Bloomfield. Right. Recorded that. Um, I'm trying to think. There's quite a few songs. I, I, I can't think off the top of my head right now, mm. but there's there's a few songs that I did record in a professional studio before I even started interning. So, mm. professional engineer, not me mixing it. So, what would you say is your favorite experience in a professional studio? Actually... What was your favorite experience in your music making career in general when it came to making a song? Like what where was that moment where you made a song when you were like, "Oh shit, like this is something." You know what I mean? My home studio. Home studio. The reason why is because at a professional studio, um it's dope to have the equipment available towards me. It's mm-hmm. dope to have the other ears. Right. But I feel like I've made my favorite pieces of music in your home studio. In my home because I feel the most comfortable. It's in my own house. I feel that for real. You know? Yeah. And I feel like I can be as creative as possible without the judgment. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and uh a big thing cuz you know, personally, I feel 
I I get a lot done when I'm by myself. Yeah. I do a lot of things when it comes to the writing process, the the beat selection process. Like this was a year ago, but my whole dirty laundry project was fire. Was all <laughs> was all shit I wrote and selected the beats by myself. I Did recorded it by myself. Fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you haven't heard it, you can go tap in. It's on SoundCloud. I probably should put that on other platforms. Flames. But, uh, you know, you know. Don't gas me up. Uh, the mi- I, when I go back to it and listen, I could have, I could have done some better mixing on that shit for real. Um, you know, I was really in the beginning stages of that. Looking logic back stuff. though, we always do that. Like, yeah, I mean, you're. I was gonna say you're your biggest critic. You know, and. That was the one thing I was going to say that sometimes I, I do work alone a lot, but I wish I had a team with me because sometimes I feel like I might make something fire, but in my own head, I'm like, this is ass. This is whack. I'm not going to do this because there's been times where, you know, I send something to my brother or I send something to you and I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this. But then y'all will be like, yo, this is gas. Like, yo, this is fire. Like, yo, you should put this out. But then I, in my own head, I'm like, it's not. It's not there yet. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I hold myself back. That was literally me with Summertime. Mm. Summertime has been, in my opinion, my most loved song of all time. Mm. It didn't get the most plays, like Listen to My Cries. Right. But I have had so many positive feedbacks of that song since I dropped it. And I remember I had that song done for seven months before I dropped it. And I was like, yo, this isn't it. Bro, I hold songs for like two years. <laughs> I remember you, Deej, shout out to Deej, shout out to Ali, shout out to Duce. Y'all was I haven't seen Ali in, in my, seriously, <laughs> y'all was in my phone crazy like, yo, you need to drop it, yo, you need to drop it. I'm like, ah, it's okay. I remember when you, yeah, I remember when you sent me that. I was like, damn, this is, this is heat, bro. Put this shit out. Like, I was like, ah, it's okay. You serenading me right now. <laughs> Over here like, summertime. I was like, damn, let's go, bro. Put this shit out. Singer, singer. Nah, but like, my favorite pieces of music that I have made have been in the home, home studio. studio. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to think about. Because yeah. I have access. I still have access to go to a, a professional studio right. for free. Thank God. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just in a professional studio in Philly two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Entire free session. Wow. Four hours. Hey, network, my niggas. Ne- no, network is serious. Connection is serious. my niggas. But like, still, my favorite songs I've made have been at the home. My favorite song that I've made this year has been Be Careful off of my project. Mm-hmm. Great song. Thank you. And it's just because I feel like I was able to get into that vibe and that atmosphere. Yeah. And sometimes, I know it sounds weird, but like sometimes I don't want to hear the team because I feel like when I'm by myself, I can just be, be push myself. You, push yourself to do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, nah, for definitely. Sure. I mean, yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, because everyone has their own style. Everyone has their own spice. Everyone has their own, like, preferences, you Definitely. know? Um, and uh, I, I, I I second that, though, you know? Some of that <laughs> yeah, sponsor. You second that. I second that, though. You, um, you want to be in that space, in that mode where you're, you know, you're doing it for yourself. I literally have a song on uh, <clears throat> Dirty Laundry 2. Oh, it might oh, be coming oh. out. I don't know. Uh, I have a song yes, sir. where I'm literally talking about doing shit for yourself. Like, y- y- you're, you're doing it for you. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing it because it sounds dope to you. And if it sounds dope to you, maybe other people will like it. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I've always, I've always 
thought this way. I've always thought that if I think something is cool, then other people might think it's cool. I've done this ever since I was a kid. You know, I was drawing pictures and posting them on Facebook. The coolest thing you can do is be yourself. Facts. You know, like I, I was just drawing these pictures and, you know, I thought they were good. So I put it on the Internet. And I started getting likes, people commenting like, wow, you're, you're a great artist, blah, blah, blah. And I've just always thought in this way that if I think this is cool, then I'm going to put it out. Like, I'm going to give it to other people to see. I guess you know the, what I mean? The craziest thing that has been said to me all year was Duce. And shout mm-hmm. out to Duce. You know that's my brother to death. I love you to death, boss. Yeah, shout out Duce. Shout out Duce. Um, he told me, and this was a month ago, he was telling me how he likes, like, my image, you know, mm-hmm. and an image is really big when it comes to artists. Right. But he told me, he says, he feels that no matter what I do, everything I do is cool, or at least cool to him. Mm-hmm. Like how I dress, how I act, how I post on social media, even the music. Right. And I thought that was weird because I'm not trying to be cool, nor do I think I'm cool. Mm-hmm. But I'm being myself. Right. And that made me really realize that being yourself is the dopest thing you can do oh for sure i mean it's you don't want to be you don't want to force yourself into an image you don't want to force yourself into a sound but forcing yourself into a sound is the reason why some artists don't stay relevant truth they ride waves they ride waves you ride a wave bro you're not gonna last every artist that's like famous blew up and like maybe a few years ago and now are still relevant it's because they're just themselves Nobody is like Uzi. That's an example. Nobody is like Drake. But now everybody is trying to be like Uzi. And how's that working for them? It's not. Exactly. <laughs> Uzi, you know, it's it's that's the thing with there's there's trends and there's trendsetters, you know? Um and we were talking about this in the last episode of influences. You know, should you wear them on your sleeve, should you not? Um and you know, we were saying you should embrace them, but like you gotta find your own way. You gotta be yourself. You gotta push yourself in your own direction you know like you can be influenced that can guide you but you know at the end of the day you got to be true to yourself you gotta you you gotta look back reflect and be like okay is this me am i faking this am i forcing this and 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 just do you at the end of the day now you know what i want to talk to about last the last topic production production oh yeah I, I, i told y'all last uh that I was learning FL. And you know what? You know what's crazy? Okay. You guys, go go to the deconstructed videos on Genius. Okay? Look at those videos because... Don't watch Shadows Gambino. It's you not, can't do that one. <laughs> no, watch no, everything no. else. Watch the, uh, <laughs> watch the... And listen, listen. I I love Jetson Made. I love Pooh Beats. They make heat. But go to the Genius video of what's popping. Go to it. And look at how they made this beat. It's like six sounds, bro. Mm-hmm. Six sounds and a loop. They found this loop from, what, Loop Masters or Looperman? Yeah. Whatever. They took this loop off the internet or from these people and just built the drums around it and made a banger with six sounds. I can do that on FL. Like, I <laughs> I can learn these things. And, I mean, everyone been, can do it. Yeah, I've been learning FL, and it's not... It's not as hard and it's not as intimidating as I thought it was. Um, you know, and it's when it comes to production and we were talking about having those moments, 
in the home studio, I think that moment in the home studio where you're like, oh, this is something is going to be even greater when it's your own beat. Like yeah. I can just imagine myself making the beat, processing the beat, mixing the beat, you know, and then recording, your vocals. recording my vocals on that beat, mixing it, boom, boom, boom. And I create a whole song, a whole vibe from scratch, like literally from scratch. Because, you know, when you pull beats off of YouTube, there's already a vibe there. There's already, you know, something's going in your head, but there's already a vibe there. But if I can create the vibe literally from zero, that, you know, that, ooh, that aha moment is going to be even greater. Even greater. Nah, when it comes to production, wow, sorry. Uh, one of my uh, artist guys hit me up. We definitely have to record later. But For um, sure. we, we got it on the schedule. Yeah, we do. Um, And we're going to talk about that too, scheduling. That's very important. Yeah. But when it comes to production... I'm not going to say that I'm Kanye West. Oh, no. You know what no, I mean? No, 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 no. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. But what maybe I'm going it's jokes. to say. Maybe it's jokes. <laughs> maybe but what I'm going joke. to say is I think it's very important for you to at least dabble into all aspects of music mm-hmm. because the best thing you could do is at least start the creative process. Mm-hmm. Because I could make... As of right now, Washi and I started producing around the same time. Yes, We've sir. been having our main producers that already have been producing our beats teach us. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it wasn't as intimidating. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think I'm at the level of my main producer? No. But you know what's a really satisfying feeling? Me having an idea of a song in my head, and I start it from the production, from the beat. And if I can't, if I still feel like I'm not finishing it, I at least create an idea and I can send it over to my producer for him to finish it up. Right. And then I go and then guess what? I record that song and I mix it myself. And I may have that idea, but I'll send it to like my main sound engineer. And I don't have a main sound engineer. It's usually me. But like <laughs> it's just reality. Hey, invest in yourself. But um but but <laughs> the thing is but the thing is, uh um you need that. All the greats, literally all the greats, know how to produce at least a little bit. J. Cole, Drake, J. Cole, Kanye, Drake, West. Kanye uh, even Jay-Z sometimes. You know, like there's, there's all the greats know how to produce at least a little bit. So you know, like, okay, snares on two and four, uh, hi-hat rolls here. Um, I want this 808 to be toned down or a little, or semi-tones up. Like they know these things because they know the vibe they want to catch. Yeah, when it comes and, to your, like, your kicks or your 808s, if you're going to make like a trap beat, you know, you want to make something for like a little pump, your shit's always coming in at the one or the three. Right. And what we're talking about the one or the three is actually the beat itself. Mm-hmm. So when I say the one, I say one, two, three, yeah, four. Literally. Literally like that. That is how every piece of music is made. How basically counting, you know, the beats and the bars and shit like that. And that in turn helps you find flows. That helps you write. When you can find the pockets in a beat as you're producing a beat, then you can find the pockets in your writing, the pockets in the flows. And I feel like me embarking on this new journey of learning how to produce is just going to help me as a writer and a rapper. Definitely, definitely. You know? Like, and also learning from that, you can also learn from your influences. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm a big influence of Drake, right? So, like, let's say Drake is going to make a a banger style song like you know like maybe like non-stop mm-hmm. right drake's gonna come in at the one or the three mm-hmm. now drake doesn't always have to switch up his flow but you think he did so he'll have his first verse start in the one right mm-hmm. and then the one or the three and then when he wants to switch up his flow to make the song exciting he keeps the same flow but he just comes in at the two right 
It's Boom. just it's it's uh it's like that unpredictability type shit. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. not it's not stagnant. It's not robotic. It's not the same thing in the same verse. It might be the same flow, but it's just a different pattern because of the way it's hitting, you know? Learn uh, music theory. I'm you'll thank me later. Music theory, listen. <laughs> music theory can definitely help you. Tyler is a big pusher for learning music theory. Big. But you hear the R and B track. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, we were talking about doing you. Do what comes natural. Do what comes natural. Don't okay? listen to Washi. Learn instinct. Theory, you instinct. Listen, 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 <laughs> listen. Instinct. Listen. When I come in on a beat, a lot of it is instinct. A lot of it is, and um, you and know, imagine if, if you learn music theory. Listen, <laughs> true. If I learn music theory, maybe I'd be better. But come on, look. You listen to uh. You know, you watch, you watch like Kenny Beats, right? Like Kenny Beats always says, "Don't overthink shit." And a lot of things that he says is that, you know, uh, when he works with rappers and he works with artists, that first freestyle off the dome, their natural instinct sometimes is the hottest thing that they say, is the hottest flow that they came out with. So I'm kind of on the same ship as him. Don't overthink shit. Come with your natural instinct. Music theory can help you, yes, but like, it can. but like it can. that natural instinct can just really push you to Pause really be yourself. Right now, especially music theory and YouTube. <laughs> I don't, you don't have to learn everything. I'm trying to help you all. Just yeah. at least learn the basics. It will push you so much farther. You'll thank me later. Okay, yeah, L- look it up at least. The base, just the basics. At least skim just it. The basics. Skim it like it's a like it's some notes or something. You know, just skim it. Like it, you know what really helps with music theory. Knowing that major chords actually make a happy sound and minor chords make a sad sound. Okay, but pe- nigga, I'm helping y'all okay, out right now. Okay, but people can know. People know that at least, right? I feel like the people that are listening right now, the probably four people that are listening, will probably will probably know that major chords are happy I don't, and I don't minor think so. chords are sad. Our main producer doesn't know that. Who are we? Honey, I don't want to drop any names. I don't want to drop. We're, we're not gonna disrespect him. <laughs> we're not gonna <laughs> disrespect him. But he makes heat without it. But oh, no, God, imagine on. if he, he knew that. He knows that. Come on. I'm, bro, I'm honest, about to bro. start crying for that. Shit. <laughs> I'm trying this. to help y'all niggas out. Bro. All right. Well, we know. Come on. All right. All right. Hey, major. Equals to C minor. That's another thing. Like you can learn. There's that. equivalent uh, chords and. Uh, keys and shit like i yeah i i know some of that just because off the shit i look up you know i haven't obviously dove into a book of musical theory but you know i i know these things after i'm just saying it's real convenient when you're like damn this this needs like a guitar riff you know and uh you're like damn i understand that i'm in a major so if i want to make it sound a little different i'll just play c minor i'm just i'm i'm trying to give y'all niggas the keys there's there's sauce to it there's a sauce. There's to sauce it. to it. There's a sauce. You know, to not it. every producer knows music theory. That's true. Like Kenny Beats, he doesn't really know that much music theory. No, but he like no, he definitely does. That man went to like music school of Berkeley in Boston. That nigga, that <laughs> nigga is like a musical. He knows his shit. But like other niggas in like internet money and stuff, they yeah, they okay. don't really. Yeah, we can go off of internet. They money. don't really. I mean, like Nick Nick Mira, Taz Taylor, and all of them. I don't think they. They just play the piano. Sounds good, but they know what chords. But there's good. a difference. I don't know. Do you like Nick Mears beats or Kenny Beats beats better? All right. You know that All comes right. to personal hot preference. Take. That All comes right. to personal it preference. Is, but hot take. I do think that Kenny Beats is a stronger producer than Nick Mears. 
I don't know. Nick Mira's melodies be crazy sometimes. Yeah, they be crazy. Kenny Beats, because, you know, Kenny Beats got his little texture thing. You know, he always puts, like, some weird texture like, in the background. Like Beats, and, I'm not saying that Nick Mira can't, but I feel like sounds. Kenny Beats is a little bit more versatile. Like, he can really work with any artist he has <laughs> Nick Mira Beats do be sounding the same. You, But that's another thing for producers, too. They find their sound. Nick Mira has a sound. You go to Nick Mira for a certain type. Trap. You know, like, you, you're going for this... If you're a Juice World type of artist, Nick Mira is your guy. You know what if I mean? You're Comethazine. Nick Mira is your guy. Yeah, I mean, internet money can do a lot of that trap. Emo but like stuff, with Kenny but... Beats, I could be Comethazine and go to Kenny Beats. I could be Denzel Curry and go to Kenny Beats. You could be Isaiah Rashad. I could be Kenny Isaiah Rashad and go to Kenny Beats. You could be fucking who else he had on his on the cave? He had fucking Doja Cat on. Uh, who else? Uh, but I think versatility. He's, he's good at making beats. <laughs> but I think versatility. Producer really does help with learning a little bit of not just music theory but just like learning your craft man like yeah master you know, that shit there's cool it's cool to have a sound and not everyone needs to be versatile truly not everyone needs to be versatile oh but yeah like, there's so many artists that have pop that are one but being one versatile i feel like helps you with your creative direction like mm-hmm. kanye west is probably the most versatile artist we've seen in the past like 20 years and yeah, I mean, you got to give it to him for the way he's experimented with. But every project hip-hop. has been different because he understands what he wants to learn. Truth. <clears throat> and that's insane. But overall, you know, I think that's really solid. Uh, thank you, Washi, for being on the podcast. Oh, you once already again. know. You know, shouldn't have to thank <laughs> you, but like a blessing as always. Yep, it's always a pleasure. Um, you already know what it is. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Like we said before, if you listen to the entire thing. You are a real one. Yes, you are. You are a real one. Thank you. Um, it was kind of long. It was kind of a long one, right? I wasn't yeah, checking the time, one. but like we, we had a good conversation. So if you made it to the end, uh, we know you're really fucking with us, and I fuck with you. Um, thank you again to Svetka for sponsoring. Not really, <laughs> yes, not really sponsoring. Yes, but thank you, <laughs> but um, it's your co-host. Ah, I can't even speak. <laughs> the Svetka got me crazy. This <laughs> drunk. Nah, it's like, nah. Sure, sure, sure. Sorry, no. Sorry, sorry, but sorry. it's your... Host with the most, Tyler Valentino, Juice Agami, a.k.a. The Real Chip Skylar, a.k.a. The Real Mike Lowry himself. <laughs> and I'm your co-host, Washi, Joshi, Wishy Washi, Mr. Lone Mountain Ranger. And we out. We out. Peace. Peace.